All right, all right, all right. On today's edition of ITM, we got game six of the Stanley Cup final. Chris doesn't want me jinxing it. I won't say who's winning, so whatever. Wild week in the NFL. We got benchings. We got new beginnings. Uh, and Kevin says lightning in six, even though he said Dars, the stars, Dars, stars in seven. We got the NBA finals matchup set. We got we got a wild week, gentlemen. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. Welcome to episode 39 of Inside the Minds. My name is Matt, joined by Chris and Bart. Kevin is not here. He got apparently something more important than this going on. I don't know what that might be, but whatever. You know, There is not. literally nothing that is more important than recording this podcast for our extremely loyal fans, so we appreciate you being here. Yeah, you know, we're not good enough, apparently, for Kevin, so whatever. Thank you to all that are joining. Um, let's let's get it started, gents. So, first, uh, we, I did mention Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Final. Uh, Chris, do you want to mention the score? Because I don't know, man. I don't know, like, you, you don't want to jinx it, but... What is it? What's going it's on? It's two to nothing, and they just entered the first commercial timeout. So I'm assuming that means that they're under 15 minutes, or they're under 16 minutes right now. So my stream has it at 12 minutes right now. So. Oh, 12. So they must have had a they must have had a a long stretch there. But usually within like the media scope of it, they do 16, 12, 8, and 4. So if they're above 12 minutes right now, then they're working on the 16 minute break. So they'll probably have another break really soon. And that's a fun little media fact for you guys. Bart's just his head is spinning right now. Look at him. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I, I honestly didn't want to even think about commercials. So I just, okay. Speaking of commercials, I just saw a truly commercial where these guys were doing, were doing these intense hockey celebrations, but the thing is, is that it was roller hockey on concrete, and the dude was literally knee sliding right across the goal. And I, my first thought is, how how are your knees just not destroyed right now? How are they not done? Yeah, I think my knees are bleeding right now just thinking about it. <laughs> Absolutely. So, what do you guys? What first of all, the series has been way more enjoyable than I thought it would be. Um, the Lightning, I mean, they played literally two or three games in one against Columbus, and they're still kicking. I, I have no idea how they're still doing it, but, I mean, this is way more enjoyable than I thought it would be. Uh, and Dallas has been so surprisingly good. They Like, this is what they, sh- like, should be on paper all season, and they absolutely turned it up for the playoffs. Um, yeah, no, this this team, like, it's – it's every line is is contributing – um, you're getting you're getting scores from Corey Perry, unfortunately, uh, who's still somehow alive and unfortunately, um, and yeah. not and not uh, suspended indefinitely. Uh, but you're getting uh, contributions all over the board, even fr- from the defenses too. So I don't know, man. This this Stanley Cup has been fantastic. So I want to get into a story just really quick from Game Five because. Bart, Kevin, and my girlfriend Megan were together watching the UFC fights, which we'll get into just a little bit later. But huh, you didn't, I just you didn't I mention just, Matt. What, what, what happened? Yeah. Oh, oh wait, okay. that's right. <laughs> okay. oh, you, you, oh, that's, that's right. right. Matt wasn't because there. because Matt chose his mom over his <laughs> podcast. Uh, yeah, I'm so sorry that I had to celebrate my mom my mother's birthday. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> 
Oh, man, we left at people. like 3 in the morning. Yeah, was... I know. That was pretty intense. I will say, out of the Snapchats that you guys sent, um, all of you are pretty ugly women. I mean, would make pretty ugly women. Kevin, on the <laughs> other hand, would, you know. He, he'd Kevin was foxy, pretty hot. He'd make a foxy lady. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but I was getting lady. back to my story. <laughs> I just want to point out, I just want to point out, I directly called Corey Perry's double overtime goal. I directly called it. Can confirm. I was there. I, I called it. I said, you know what? This, is, this, feels, just, this feels just like a, a Corey Perry type of overtime winning goal that just makes everyone who isn't cheering for Dallas just scream. And it was. And it happened. Because yeah. my phone was three minutes ahead of the actual game, so I saw it coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was – I was – I was kind of annoyed about that. I'm like, are you are you kidding me right now? I was gonna be like so excited for him, and then he's like, oh well, I just <laughs> I saw it three minutes ahead of time. I brought. Did you did either you or Kevin see like Megan come over to me, and I was on my phone, and I I said like, isn't that crazy or something like that? We had we had three TVs going. Okay, no problem, I could probably barely. Not. And you guys were still delayed. Jesus Christ. Well, I didn't know if like you happen to look over and see that, but anyway, that's what I was doing. Is I was showing her the score or the time that was on my phone versus the stream that we were watching. Like, and it was three minutes off. So I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna pretend like I'm gonna call this. Oh my God. So I don't know if you guys saw right now. It's game six. There's eight minutes left in the third and the lightning have 27 shots on goal and Dallas has 14. They literally just got their 14th shot. Wait, there's eight minutes left. 750 left. Yeah. Oh my God. So that, okay. So let's just point that out and throw that out the door because this is instant karma. Cause my stream has it 1134 left. Okay. My stream said 842. <laughs> oh, my God. Matt, don't ruin anything. Okay, yeah, I'm just looking. Whatever. Wait, okay, is, I it, won't is it still two to nothing? Yes, still two to nothing. Okay, that's all <laughs> I care that's about. For sure. Yes, cool. it is. So, yeah, we'll leave that towards the end. So there's going to be a new Stanley Cup champion crowned. Uh, so, it'll be exciting, hopefully, today. Once hopefully. again, Matt, don't jinx it. Okay. Uh, I said I said, I oh, have money on the line. Bart, there we go. You Bart, cool. I said, Bart, I said there's going to be a new Stanley Cup champion crowned because I know, final, and you said it's has to be Someone has to be crowned. So I'm just saying. Have you heard of 17 seconds? Absolutely. I've, I, I saw 17 seconds. It happened live. Okay. So <laughs> I just did, I just did the big tech IT resolution thing and I refreshed the page and now we're good. <laughs> there you go. Look at you, Chris. Do you have a I master's know. in IT as well? I don't know if it's no, masters. just marketing. Just marketing? Okay, that's yeah. fine. That's close enough. <laughs> and and sport you. management. Appreciate you. So, and, uh, <laughs> and bionuclear engineering. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. Saving, uh, the, saving the world and the sports and, world. And, How about that? And photography. And photography. Yeah. What can you take pictures of? You. Okay. <laughs> For free? <laughs> Maybe. I think I might take break your camera. I'm just saying. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> so we got playoffs everywhere, um, except for the NFL. By the way, we have a great guest coming up for the NFL segment. His name is Lucas Perfetti. Uh, it'll be awesome. You guys, just, you know, just chill out and just, just see what's to come. Anyway, moving on. So final, move on from one final to another. Finally have the NBA finals uh, matchup set. 
Kevin's favorite Lakers. I'm sorry, Kevin's favorite LeBron and the Lakers against the Miami Heat. Um, Let's get that straight. Yes, absolutely. Uh, LeBron is in his 10th final. Uh, won't mention the record just yet because it's not, you know, it's not needed yet. Three and uh, six. Three and three and six. Oh boy, I just did it too. And then the Heat were unexpected to be there. I I want I I, I saw them being there. They just went on a huge tear. Jimmy Buckets just absolutely murdered everybody. Uh, Tyler Harrow is so like he's like an un- unexpected unsung hero. This will be a great final, I believe. Just moving out, going out there. I think LeBron does get it done. Um, I don't know if the Heat have enough to stop him or you know even AD, but. LeBron does get it done. The Lakers do get it done. I hope this series goes seven because it'll be great. I see it ending in six for Lakers. What about you guys? What do you guys think? It's going to be Lakers in five. Um, I've, I've bet on Lakers in five pretty much the entire playoffs. So uh, it hasn't let me down yet. So I'm going to continue to, to do so. I like it. All right. That's fine. <laughs> I have a lot of faith in the heat right now. I do. I I do. I I think the Heat are going to shock are going to shock some some people, some fans in the NBA finals. I think they are. I think that well, they have a good well, shot at fall, it. Well, it's fall, so it's going to be fall weather. It's going to be pretty cool. But they're um, indoors. They're they're also in in Miami, so in Orlando, Orlando actually. Yes. Close, close enough, Florida. I don't I don't know about. Well, it's all in Florida. They don't wear masks. You're so. in Florida. I'm not. I'm See, currently and that's in the, the thing. park of Illinois. <laughs> that's fate. That's fate. Florida does not have coronavirus mandates. They do not have a mask mandate. And the Miami Heat will be the only team in 2020 to be able to have a championship parade. <laughs> well, uh, well, that's I mean, exactly why they're going to lose. Oh. <laughs> so there can't be a championship parade, especially in that city. I mean, I see what you're saying. Here's the thing. Jimmy Butler's a dog. I mean, he is not necessarily the best player in history. Um, he is top 10 in the NBA right now. I don't know what the Bulls thought. I mean, they put stupid players around him. He didn't want to leave. He was not complaining at all whatsoever. He, we just had stupid management. We traded him for God knows, you know, what. I mean, obviously, Zach Levine and uh, Kristan. But, I mean, for God knows what reason, I have no idea. He was not complaining about being there at all whatsoever. He's he's looking to prove a point. Um that's why I'm. That's why I'm saying I'm. I'm hoping this series goes seven, because if it goes to the seventh game, anybody can win this. But less than that, I think the Lakers got this. So I don't know. And then if LeBron doesn't win, oh boy, oh boy. The Heat just play a very clean team basketball type of game, and I know well, this isn't the college, Lakers so. have a have, have LeBron and AD. I get it. It just, I don't like to go off of my heart. I don't like to go off my feeling. I think the Lakers will win. I just have this feeling that the Heat are going to pull this off one way or another. It, it just, it, they, they haven't got this far without being doubted every step of the way. It just has this feeling that the Heat are really going to make this a series. And if they don't win it, they're going to make it really close every single game. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Hope it goes seven. Hope it also, goes seven. fun fact, too, it's the third time in the last 20 years or so. I couldn't get the exact the exact year amount on there, but 
it's the third time in at least a couple decades that a fifth or higher seed has made it to the finals. I mean, that's amazing. Uh, usually top seeds make it to the NBA finals and for them to do it at, at fifth seed, it's, it's awesome. It's uh, it's good stuff. We um, also, we also have an Antetokounmpo Leonard finals, which is everything that the wrong anyone one. ever wanted. Yeah. The wrong one, but we got one. Well, we got both. We got a Myers Leonard and Costas Antetokounmpo but, finals matchup. But still, it's still the last names. You are absolutely correct, Chris. Yeah, I mean, you know, so it's basically the same thing. <laughs> it is the same thing. It is the same thing. It. Yeah. If you don't think about it, it's the same thing. If you really think about it, whatever. Either way. Let's just, you know, let's let's roll just not. <laughs> um, moving on to the last playoffs, and where we have three different playoff series going on in the end of September. This is absolutely insane. The MLB playoffs are set. Um, who would have thunk it? We got here after a 60-game season. Uh, they're in a bubble. So the AL is in California. The NL is in Texas. On the AL side, matchups. Tampa Bay, one seed. Blue Rays, eight. Um, Wait, say that again. What? So again. Tampa Bay Rays, the one seed. The Blue, the Blue Jays, I'm sorry. The Blue Rays, oh my God. I thought you said that. The Blue Rays, uh, the Blue Jays. I'm sorry, the Blue Jays Same are thing. the eighth seed from Toronto, not Buffalo. Cleveland Indians four, New York Yankees five. That's going to be a great matchup. Um, the Minnesota Twins at three, Houston Astros at six. That's going to be also that's also going to be great. And the Oakland Athletics at two, the White Sox at seven. That's going to be a very interesting series. I you have this. Talk about the AL side first. Yeah, and I have a feeling that that losing stretch by the Sox could help them. Because now instead of being – now I'm rethinking that again. But What do you mean could I, help them? That's very I, I mean, like, I'm just – maybe not help them, but I think it really takes the narrative away from them. And I think just because of that, they're going to surprise some teams and surprise some people during, during the playoffs. Because now they're coming in with a losing record – or not a losing record, but a bad stretch of games to end the season. Now they're a lower seed, and I think just because of that, they're going to surprise some surprise some teams, even though they could very well be a top three seed. It's all about getting hot at the right time, you know. So as long as that they can fix this this starting pitching, which has been a major issue, and and some of the bats I felt like kind of kind of dropped off, and that they have like a like a thirteen game skid didn't they are they they like 13 game uh losing record chris you're reacting and i'm i'm kind of like freaking out Vasilevsky just yeah. made an I unbelievable save yeah he made an amazing save so i'm sorry to get on hockey from <laughs> from baseball but that, he's made like two or three just yeah I, and i know it's just a recency bias type of thing but the but the save last year for jordan bennington when he stuck out his leg to Rob, I think it was Tori Krug. Vasilevsky has made like three of those tonight. So I, I just wanted to just wanted to say that. I'm sorry. You had to get back to baseball because we'll definitely talk hockey in a little bit. But yeah, back to the White Sox. I yeah. think they're they're besides uh Keichel and Giolito, their starting uh pitching is gonna be rough and uh, Rick Renteria has made some really interesting choices in the past few games. Um, so, it, 
I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to be tough. Like they, they have a really tough matchup against the, the athletics. That was, that was kind of unfortunate. They went from the, uh, the best team in the AL to, to the uh, seventh. So that's tough. Yeah, I mean, it's more of like, who's going to start a game three with the Sox? You know, you got Lucas Giolito, you got Keiko, but then the C start, does Rodon start? You know, you just, you don't know. And it's, it, that's what's going to be the tough part here is like, who rent, who rent three is going to go to? And it, it might literally derail the Sox chances of like late game, you know, like preserving a late game lead because of his pitching uh, decisions. So that'll be interesting. So sorry to be ignorant about this. The first wild card series is best of three. Uh, correct. Yes, best then, of five. Yeah, that's that's huge. Then, this, then the Sox need to figure that out pretty quick. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, best of three. Yes, best of three, and then it goes. Then, best they're of all, five, and yeah, then seven. They're literally all back to back games. These are all literally back to back games until you get to the World Series. The World Series, you get days off. So you're gonna get three, and then five, and then seven in a row. So Wow. Yes, absolutely. So this is going to be a tough stretch, and Renteria needs to literally – he needs to be on his game. He needs to ask his pitching coaches for as much help as he can because who knows what can happen. But do you know what that means, though? Mm. We're going to have as me. much baseball as we did hockey a couple months ago. Yeah, no, it's amazing. I, this is I love playoff so baseball. Great. Sports baseball. overload. Yeah, absolutely. I believe that Tampa Bay can make a great run. Uh, depending on who they face in the NLDS, I think they can make it all the way to the ALCS. You know, who knows? I hopefully that can happen. Um, I the Yankees are still there. The Yankees, you can't, you can never count them out. The bats are going to be healthy. So, uh, what are do you guys have any other predictions for the AL side? For for a team that has been talking about trading their superstar shortstop, the Cleveland Indians are doing surprisingly well. <laughs> They are like for a team that basically has openly admitted we want to do a rebuild and still manage to get the fourth seed. But okay, first of all, I want to say I love this playoff format and I think that they need to keep it going through next year. Uh, The eight teams on each side. Yeah, I think they may need to change the format a little bit because I think a lot of people will hate the best of three thing. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I think it's your best of five, but yeah. But the eight teams I absolutely love, and baseball needs to do it because they are the only major league that does not do a 16-team playoff format. Moving on to the NL side, um, which is in Texas. No, sorry, no, I know Chris. Chris, I know. I was. No, just, you just ignored like, my point. No, I see no, how it is. No, I didn't. my point I didn't. was completely I was like, and because I was going to go to the stupid. NL side. No, it's not stupid at all. I mean, is that without cutting uh, cutting the season a little bit short? Like you're you're going to go a full. 162 games. Yeah, I think it's still 162 games, but I I think that they need to utilize the 16-team playoff format because, for one, the revenue. For two, there's more baseball. And for three, there's more parity, which I think (laughs) is great for sports. So it it needs to happen moving forward. We haven't even played a game yet, but I already love this. No, I – and. Well, before moving on to the NL, let me just make this point. I do like your point. I do like your point. Uh, The only thing is that it's after 162 games, usually teams seven and eight on each side are significantly behind, Chris. You know what I mean? So usually, I mean, maybe team seven, maybe the seventh seed can, you know, 
just get in by the skin of their teeth, and that's what the wild card games are there are there for. But in a series, I think they're just they're just too significantly behind after a hundred sixty two game season. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I I completely understand what you're saying. And my last point before we get into the NL as a rebuttal, you see it in other sports where those bottom seeds make a run at it. And I yeah, think you're, that's you're, what yeah, baseball is. You're absolutely needs. correct. You're absolutely correct. Man. So I think the, the possibility of it, I think it's 100% worth it. Yeah, I mean, the Nationals got hot at the right time. I mean, they, you know, we were talking about it, you know, all when the season started. They they were at the 50-game point. They were 19-game winners. Now they're not in the playoffs. So they got hot at the right time, and they were a lower seed, and they got in, and they won. So moving on to the NL side, which is absolutely. in Texas. Texas, it'll be in Arlington and Houston. So, Funny how the Houston Astros aren't playing in Houston. That's just hilarious to me. It, it is kind of It is kind of odd, but I know why they do it. Yeah. And you San know. Diego's not playing in San Diego. Right. <laughs> so that's really that's, – that's very funny. Um, but so you have uh, the one seed against the eight seed. You got the Dodgers against the Brewers. Um, San Diego four. Uh, St. Louis five. The Cubs at three. The Marlins at six. Miami Marlins at six. Atlanta Braves at two. The Reds at seven. Um, what really sticks out to me here is the Reds-Braves matchup. The Reds can easily win this because they do have the best one, two, three pitchers on the NL side. That's just me. I know that the bats aren't all there, but that's just me. And I think the, the Reds can easily take do that to uh, take the series to their advantage and just use their starting pitching uh, against the Braves. I think the NL side has the most potentials, at least seating wise for upsets. So I don't see the Brewers beating the Dodgers. I want to get that. Yeah, that, I, I can't. Clear. I can't see that. I'm sorry, I can't see the Brewers. They just there's four teams in the NL Central in the playoffs, which is amazing. Best yeah. division in baseball, but I don't know about the Brewers beating the Dodgers. Uh, I have my doubts with, and that's when you go four or five. It's not really an upset at that point. Um, I have my doubts with the Cardinals and Padres. I think the Padres bats are just too too good. But the Cardinals also have pitching, which that's where the the right the I mean, toss up is for me. Good season. He's had a very sneaky good season. He's very under the radar this season. Machado, Tatis, like I think those bats alone outweigh what the Cardinals have in essentially Goldschmidt. You know, I mean, Brad Miller's been hot this year. He's had, I think eight home runs this year, which is a career high for him in a 162 game season. And he did in six or like 59. So I think that's kind of where my doubts are. I, I am a hundred percent with you on the reds. I think the reds could definitely pull off that upset. Um, just it's another one of those feeling things. Um, I think their pitching's really good. Um, I think that they've really built that team in the off season to do something like make a run uh, this year. And another one that I've seen a couple times from a few baseball guys, the Marlins over the Cubs. I um, I don't know. I, I I'm not saying I'm going to get on the bandwagon with that. But, man, it feels like the Cubs just can't get their offense going when they need to. 
Well, so here's the thing, Chris. I think this last series against the Sox, uh, mm-hmm. they 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 did, you know, get hot at the right time. And I was um, about to say that too. It, they it, did. I mean, they scored, yeah. they scored twenty, almost thirty runs. You know, so it's. It, I know against the Sox with their against subpar pitching, right now at least, um, the Sox lineup is way better to me, but. You know, it is. It, I don't know, man. Against the Marlins, who's gonna who's gonna pitch? I mean, Pablo Lopez and then uh, Sanchez and then Al- Alcantara. You know what I mean? Like, they're they're pitching is suspect. They do have great bats in the lineup, but I think the Cubs have the edge over right now, being the hotter team. And then their pitching can definitely get it done. Um, it's just who's. I think they're gonna go back to you, Darvish, in Game Three. That's just me. It's gonna go you, Darvish, Kyle Hendricks, and then you, Darvish again. So that's that's gonna be pretty insane. Wow. Yeah, I think that's that's, that's what's going to have to happen. <laughs> that is wow. I mean, I was thinking about kind of like the same thing for for the Sox. I, I mean, I I think I think Lester will be different in the playoffs, though. I, I, Lester has a playoff are... experience. I don't know. I can't. I don't trust him this year, man. You know, like maybe. Okay, so here's the deal. You Darvish starts Game Three, and then you know who knows how long these games go, but. I, I don't know, man. I may if there's a game three, I think he starts. I think Udover starts, and then Lester maybe gets the relief role. Do you go Alec Mills? Do you trust okay, Jose Quintana? Uh, Kimbrel's finally figured it out. Um, I you know he's he's there. He's finally figured it out. So it's amazing to see that. But uh, I don't know. The bats are definitely going to have to help. Uh, Chris Bryant will definitely have to be awake this series. And yeah. before we go on. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning are your Stanley Cup champions. Um, is, that, is that official? That is official. No, the clock's I, at I zero. Sh- I shut off the stream because my my thing was lagging. <laughs> oh, so, so upsetting. So upsetting. Yeah, I know, man. I know. We all. Well, no, I'm really glad. I, 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 I. I <laughs> you won your I money. Won money. Yeah, yeah. I just, I wanted, I wanted to see it. So. Yeah, I also wanted it to stay in the central too, but I, I don't know. I did. I don't care about that. You don't care about that? No. I'm Do you know why? And I, I keep saying it, and I'm trying to talk over the, over Doc Emmerich calling this celebration because I just want to hear it. The Stars are still a good team. They still won the West, and they had a chance to win the Cup. That still makes the Central a great division. I think it's still absolutely top two, like top half in divisions and in in hockey and if they can play like this next year too instead of these like super defensive uh yeah the the other team sad just kind of always makes me happy (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah honestly same (laughs) i'll just say this from a blues fan perspective i'm so happy pat maroon and one another i'm really happy kevin shattenkirk won a won a cup I'm happy for those guys. So, uh, Ryan McDonough is a good. deserving guy too. Absolutely. Um, Jan Rudo, former Blackhawk. I don't so, even know that he, he even played for the Lightning until maybe well, two weeks ago. But <laughs> let's get let's get your oh Stamkos is out there. He is. So I, I'm happy for that too. I'm happy for Stamkos. He finally got his cup too. Um, while they're shaking hands though, who is your Con Smythe winner? Victor Hedman. Yeah, it's either um, Hedman or Point, but it's the Hedman more like. I'm going to go off on a limb and say it's Kucherov. 
Um, we'll put money win. on that right now. I guarantee you that line would be pretty good. Has Vasilevsky um, done enough? I don't think so, right? So, I, mean, I mean, he had a pretty good series this series. Yeah, so. and, and those, those like, like where, where he allowed five goals was – it's just really deceiving, you know, because it's, it's, it's not like – it's it's not like he played bad, you know. They just they just outplay each other, and it's 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 insane. I don't know. I like Vasilevsky. I think he deserves it too. I mean, I don't know. For me, it's just Victor Hedman is is the rock of that of that team. Um, he he contributes a lot defensively, and he's always there on offense making plays. So, and he's playing like 25 minutes a night. I mean, it just, it just makes sense to me. Okay. I am going to go on a way far out limb here and say that Steven Stamkos is going to win the con Smythe three minutes played one goal. That pace is unreal. <laughs> <laughs> that pace is yeah. incredible. He's on, pace, he's on pace for six goals a night. I feel, I feel bad that he, he wasn't really able to play much this, uh, this playoffs um, I am too yeah because he is so I mean but could you imagine that this their center depth like I said like from the start of the playoffs like their center depth is incredible like even without Stamkos you know and if they had Stammer I mean man I, this probably would have would have gone to like may, maybe five it would definitely would have I, I agree I don't think this goes farther than that they, I don't they think could it have goes swept all the way through maybe I might be pushing it with that one. No, I don't think you are either. I don't think you're pushing that at all. I, because Stamkos had such an immediate impact on the team. And I'm not saying because he scored a goal, but I am saying that you could see the morale and the attitude. They were so hyped. They, they were, were so hyped, hyped about it. So yeah. I, I could definitely, I could definitely see him not even getting out of five. You have Stamkos. Well, all right. I think Braden Point has outplayed him at center. So, like, so let's say you have Braden Point as your number one center. Oof. You have Stamkos as your number two center. Are you um, kidding Tyler me? Johnson. Tyler number Johnson, three. number three. You have three and then number Sorelli. ones. You have – I mean, Sorelli – okay, man, he might not be a number one, but he but he's is a top n- number six. two. He, he is so underrated, so good. He's definitely a future Selkie winner. He's only that 23 guy, years old. That's insane. Oh, man. It's this that team like I I I love ragging on them for for being like uh, present trophy winners and then just absolutely being a bust in the playoffs. But they made the right moves this year with with bringing in uh, Pat Maroon, uh, trading for Goodrow, and uh, and Blake Coleman. They have been huge. Physicality wise, they have been absolutely so important for this team, and they went seven D for the most most of the playoffs too. You know, Luke Shen, that was his main job, like be that physical presence, and that was that was the difference from this team to any other team they've had. The twenty twenty Tampa Bay Lightning, I think, will go down, maybe not go down, but at least in my eyes, are seeing like the Virginia Cavaliers a couple of years ago, where they're the first team in NCAA history to lose to a sixteen seed. And the very next year they go out and win the national championship. That's the same exact thing for the lightning. They come in, win the president's trophy. And also Virginia was the number one overall seed that year. Don't forget about that. The lightning were the president's trophy winner last year, go out and get swept by a team that barely made it in and win the Stanley cup this year. And I fully compare that 
to what the Virginia Cavaliers did a couple of years ago. Yeah, I almost forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me, Chris. Honestly, I forgot what that happened. <laughs> I forgot that even happened. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's amazing to see uh, 2020 Tampa Bay Lightning. They're your 2020 uh, Stanley Cup champions. It happened in in almost October, but they got it done. It's awesome. It's amazing. And it, it's great. Uh, I'm super happy for them. And honestly, it couldn't have happened, happened to a better team, uh, especially this year. And as soon as the... NBA finals happen. We are officially back on a normal sports schedule. Yes, we are. Sad day. I mean, for the most part, I know, I know the NHL season, the NBA season are going to start later than usual, but as far as baseball playoffs go and college football and the NFL, we're pretty much right on track. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so. Chris, going back to the MLB, uh, to the playoffs really fast. Yeah, I'm sorry. You, I no, no, no. Uh, I, I only had one more question. Do you see, and honestly, like I was listening to the to uh, to the radio yesterday in 1000, Black and Abdallah, we were talking about this earlier on. Um, do you see a Cardinals-Cubs NLCS? So I don't think that's an unreasonable prediction or just thought. But at the same time, I do because I'm just I'm just looking at the teams that each team would have to go through. And as I'm doing that, Victor Hedman just got just got announced as a Conn Smythe winner. So he definitely deserves that. He's had a heck of a playoff run and even better Stanley Cup final. So congrats to them and the Tampa Bay Lightning on on winning their second Stanley Cup in franchise history. But as I'm looking at this, the Cardinals beat the Padres. They're going to play the Dodgers. Do I think they would get past the Dodgers? No. I'm looking at the Cubs. Do I think they'll beat the Marlins? Probably. And then I look ahead. Could they beat the Reds? Yes. Could they beat the Braves? That's the one I'm iffy about. So the road to get both of those teams into the NLCS is a tough one. Is it possible? Clearly. Clearly it's possible. Do I think it's going to happen? No, but I think I think that would be really cool to cool to get to see and that's like the major bragging rights type of series. Yeah, absolutely. One of the be best rivalries in baseball. That. That'd be a super stressful series to watch, so. It would be like the Blackhawks and Blues in the West final. Oh, it's never sure. going to it's never going to happen obviously, but Yeah. It would be kind of Unless the format has changed. Unless the format has changed one day. Which hopefully uh, that'll I don't I don't know if it will. But Yeah, right. But it, it's a it's a cool little thing to think about at the very least. Before getting into the last segment of episode thirty nine with the UFC, I want to introduce you guys to a special guest we have to talk some Bears football. Joining us today, we have a great follow on Twitter, an avid Big Dick Nick supporter after a beautiful fourth quarter comeback, a believer in Kevin, which isn't here, but it's fine, being wrong about the Bears, and one of the hosts for Bears on Tap, part of the On Tap Sportsnet. Uh, great guys, great follows on Twitter as well. Lucas goes by Lucas per, at Lucas Perfetti 46 Welcome to the show, Lucas. What's going on? How are you? Oh, I'm doing well, man. Uh, Bears are 3-0, and as ugly as it may be, so can't complain, you know. Uh, got my nice little Monday off, had a little midday nap, so I'm feeling good, man. There you go. There you go. Midday naps are always the best after, or no, on a victory Monday. Absolutely. All right, man, let's get right into this. So before switch, uh, first of all, what a, what a wild comeback, huh? <laughs> what a wild comeback yesterday. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, me, I, you know, obviously a lot of people are in group chats and stuff like that, but I'm, I'm with my buddy and he's texted me. Like, I felt really confident um, as soon as they went up. I was like, there's no chance Atlanta comes back just because – they're that team, you know, and I don't want to take anything away from the comeback, but um, they are that team to let things slip away. So I feel like that was kind of in our favor. Um, but yeah, man, I'll take it. I'll take it. I really like, um, you know, you, you said I'm an avid uh, Nick Foles, I guess, comrade, <laughs> but I, I will, I, I'm a big fan of the Chicago Bears. So realistically, I want Nick Foles to do well. Um, you know, I thought before best case scenario, I try to be a bit of an optimist. So best case scenario was Mitch Trubisky being great hasn't worked out. I feel like a lot of us um, that are optimistic tried to like will him to being better quarterback than he is. Obviously it didn't pan out. So Nick Foles came in. Um, and yeah, I mean, he put the ball up in the air and I think we're going to see that he's, he extended the field a lot more. We saw them taking more shots. I think Nagy trusted him to take shots. You saw like um, Jimmy Graham comment on kind of how, confident he was at the line of scrimmage and, and checking things and putting players in better situations. So that's definitely started some of that like veteran leadership. I think Nick Foles is going to bring for sure. Um, but you know, there were a couple throws that he put up and you, you had to hold your breath. So, and, and I get it. He's got to knock the rust off. I want to see it happen because now, like I said, I'm an optimist. So best case scenario is it was Mitch. That was the problem. And we have our head coach and Matt Nagy, but there are some questions out there and, Mitchell Trubisky, whether it was fair or not, shouldered a, a lot of the blame for the offensive struggles. So we'll see how it is moving forward. You know what I mean? That's that's the test. It's it's good to be three and zero though. Looking at it, I just kind of I compared it to John Gruden and the Raiders on my on my show because I was just like, you know what the Raiders' offensive identity and defensive identity is? He was hired the same year as Matt Nagy. What's our offensive identity? You know what I mean? Right, Has absolutely. Mitch been that big of a problem, or is it Matt Nagy? And we're going to kind of find that out in the coming weeks. Yeah, my number one question for you is, what were your feelings before before the season started with, with Mitch? Even be, like before Nick Foles, like what, what were your thoughts on, on Mitch Trubisky? Like it, me personally, I just didn't feel like uh, the type of quarterback Mitch Trubisky is. Just, it, he just doesn't fit in what Matt Nagy wants to do which is to be able to sling it down the field. Um, so, uh, I mean, I, I was also in the same kind of realm where where I, I just – I wanted Trubisky to do well. And it just it, – it just didn't happen. So, I don't know. What, what were your thoughts even before the season started? Yeah, before the season started, um, you know, Matt Nagy did talk about how he was going to adjust the offense, and I think we have seen him do that. Um, you know, last year, I think we were around like 75% under or in shotgun. This year, it's closer to 50-50. We've been seeing a lot more um, single back sets and stuff like that. So I definitely think he adjusted trying to help Mitchell Trubisky. Um, but at the end of the day, no, he's not an ideal fit. And that's why I think we see a struggle. And a lot of the like truthers, I guess, feel like he's going to go somewhere else and be utilized in a system that does um, that, that does like, uh, what do you say, that highlight his strengths. You know what I mean? So it's like he could, I think, I still potentially think he could have a decent career down the line, um, but there's still some things he's got to learn, learn about the game for sure. Uh, and I think it could it could help seeing Nick Foles, you know what I mean, this year at the line of scrimmage, making those checks and and seeing it from like not a Chase Daniel, a guy that can actually operate the offense, you know. So that's so that's actually something I wanted to bring up too, because I know Mitch didn't get his option picked up for next season, and this really felt like the make or break season 
for him, but what are the odds in your opinion that this is a year where Mitch can be, you know, that behind the clipboard type of quarterback and get to learn and watch a legit Super Bowl winning quarterback instead of someone who really should be a backup. And depending on how much he grows from a game management perspective, maybe they give him a small like two year deal to see if Nick Foles is rubbed off on him at all. Or was this like the no questions asked absolute final straw for Mitch to ever start as a bear? Well, okay, there's a million elements to that question. I feel like the way it could be answered. But um, first off, are you do you like Mitch? I think it's okay. I don't think it's bad to say I like Mitch personally because that thought crossed my mind, you know what I mean, where I was like, well, what if they give him a backup deal? Um, are you a Mitch guy? I mean, I, I do like Mitch. I, I, think that, I think that there's something that can be exposed to really see his full potential. And I, I know I'm saying this from a very, very narrow sample size, but I did get to see him live when UNC played at Illinois, and he looked great. I mean, he looked like the top quarterback that, that everyone was predicting he was going to be, but it just hasn't translated into the NFL. So I, I just – I just don't know. You know, he was a he was a backup for so long at UNC. He had a chance to be able to to learn the system and grow as a backup. Do you think that's his style to where if he does get a legit backup role behind a legit NFL quarterback to where he can actually grow to his full potential? Um, okay, so Here's the thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to give a couple bullet points because I feel like it's so tough to to really. We can tell um, you we're all Mitch guys. Like we, I, I love. Yeah. What I mean. No, I think, I think Bart, that's... Bart's super disappointed that he just hasn't worked out. <laughs> For sure. I, I I no. I I totally get it. Like um and you know I think you can anyone could say that like the burning of the Mitch jerseys is kind of ludicrous. Like that's ridiculous. I'm sorry. I, I you know what I mean. <laughs> I just I just feel like um why why do it? He's been nothing but like good to the community and stuff like that. And he hasn't translated on the field. We get it. But I think like he's, he's a hard guy to hate in my opinion. Um, I don't know, but realistically, I just feel like that's so tough. Uh, I think as a Mitch guy, what's best for him would be to move on personally. The only way I see it being like a magical scenario is um, him coming in and, and like, you know, Foles going out, unfortunately, like getting hurt or something like that and him coming in and play hero and like putting us on a magical run and being the starter. That's really the only way I see him staying in Chicago at this point, because if things work out for Matt Nagy and Nick Foles ignites the offense, you know, like there's just such a bad stigma behind Mitchell Trubisky in Chicago. I think it would be best for both of them to part ways realistically, um, just because, you know, no one's going to want to see Mitch come in. There's only going to be a few people that want to see Mitch come in if if the starting starting quarterback th- does go out, um, you know, it's going to be a media shitstorm realistically. So I just, <laughs> Literally. Feel like, yeah. yeah, I feel like if Mitch goes to a market, that's not that big of a deal. And he goes and learns behind someone, I don't know, in, in a system that might help him like go be the backup in Buffalo or something like that. Like, I'm not sure, but um, it's possible, you know, um, I just don't see it happening in Chicago. Yeah. I don't really have that much faith in, Nick Foles either. I think I, I, on the podcast before the season started, I said that if Nick Foles is coming in, like I, we, we, we have to be ready to look at who the quarterback is going to be next. I mean, if, if Foles actually does play the whole season, which I'm also not confident about because 
I mean, besides that miraculous run in in Philly, like he's he's been hurt quite a bit too, um, or he's he's struggled with play. So um, I'm not confident that 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 this is the last time that we're going to see Mitch Mitch Trubisky. Which I I personally I want to see that. I I want him to uh, kind of redeem himself. Obviously, it's going to be really tough. He's been here for so long already. It's I just feel like there has, especially in the first three games, there has been improvement, but not enough to the point where like, all right, you know what, we'll give you a two-year deal or something like that. I think it's either either Mitch proves that he can do it and we, we extend him or we move on and start looking for another quarterback. Yeah, I mean, and realistically, like I, I think you kind of hit and highlighted a couple of really nice points, but it's very clear that it was a premeditated thing. Like, Mitchell Trubisky has improved on multiple fronts. I think we could all agree on that. And he had a, he had a rough game against the Falcons for sure. He should have carved him up. There's no doubt about it. He owned up to it in the media, which I thought that was commendable that he went to the media. Um, that right there will get him a job as a backup quarterback for sure. Just because, you know, like that's, that's tough. You just got benched. There was so much media attention around it. You played pretty well in spurts in the first two games. So like kudos to Mitchell Trubisky for that. But I just, um, I feel like it's pretty clear that Nagy doesn't want him there. And that's why I said it's kind of dependent. You know, Mitchell Trubisky shouldered a lot of this blame for the offensive struggles. And that's kind of what I was getting at when I when I kind of uh, opened up. It's all going to go on Matt Nagy now. Like, we know what Nick Foles is. He, would, he knows what Nick Foles is. Like, are we going to see a stagnant offense in the first two quarters? Like, I feel like with Mitchell Trubisky, I don't know. You know, it's the chicken or the egg argument. Like, who's holding who back? So, I want to yeah. see, are we taking shots downfield? Like, I think with Nick Foles, like, there were a few throws. And like I said, he's got to knock the rust off, but there were a few throws. The one in particular where like Jimmy Graham fumbled after the catch. It should have been intercepted by three different players. Literally. Um, I know, saw that. I was like, okay, where's this going? <laughs> fumbled it twice too. It yeah. Then Anthony Miller picks it up and fumbles it. And it was just like, what's going on. I think there was a little bit of Foles magic in it. Um, but when you look at like the player interviews and stuff like that, I feel like even Allen Robinson, like, they all kind of smiled when, when they asked, like, how does Nick Foles kind of bring in? I think he does. I, it's almost like a page has been turned. There's so much about Mitchell Trubisky all the time. It feels kind of fresh. You know what I mean? It does feel like a little bit rejuvenated. It did feel like there was a spark. But um, Allen Robinson's, like, guttural reaction seemed to be pretty, like, oh, Nick Foles. You know what I mean? Like, that was dope. But at the same time, he was like, well, you know, the, te- the we when he came in, we had to start scoring. So the tempo was up. So – um, and you even saw Kyle Long and Sam Macho saying they think the play calling is the issue because it does seem like like not a lot of things were trying to happen in the first half, if that makes sense. It seems like, you know, the game plan for Matt Nagy might have been like, hey, we don't want to get into a shootout with Matt Ryan and this Falcons offense. Like, so let's try to eat up the clock and stuff like that. I'm not sure. Um, but like, like I said, we're going to find out in a, a lot in the next few weeks for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so what what is your prediction for the offense? Let's go by like half by half, like – Obviously, you know, first half, second half, every game is different. This game against the Colts, the Colts have a great defense. We we all know that they, their offense is is okay. Philip Rivers is is a statue, you know. But the defense uh, for the Colts is awesome. What? How do you how do you see the offense? How do you see Nick Foles? How do you see Nagy running the ball, especially against this Colts defense? Like, what do you see the play play calls like favoring essentially? I mean, realistically, we were not able to run the ball against the uh, Falcons until Grady Jarrett got injured. Exactly. This is why. This is exactly why. I asked. Yeah, People don't exactly. want to acknowledge. I mean, come on, baby. No one wants to acknowledge the reality of like what's actually happening. If it's if it, that's what I'm saying, it seems like just like 
as terrible as it sounds to like kind of give in, but it just seems like refreshing that Nick Foles is now in the game. You know what I mean? Like it does seem like a little bit refreshing and um, yeah, no, we, I, I, I don't know because it same like Nagy, we really need to find out what kind of play caller it is. You know what I mean? Like single back was our single back was our bread and butter for the first two weeks. And then third week we were getting stopped. Grady Jarrett was eating us up. They were shooting the gaps and we were in situations where it was second and 17 because they were getting Dave Montgomery before he even took a step in the backfield. You know what I mean? So it just seems like Matt Nagy is like unwilling to keep running the plays that are working over and over. Jim Harbaugh was on an interview once and he talked about, um, how he ran the same play 13 times in a row. And like, they were like, well, why did you, why did you stop running the play? And they were like, well, cause we scored. So it's just like, <laughs> you need to have some of that dumb football guy in you. And I feel like Matt Nagy's a little bit too smart for his own good quote unquote sometime. Cause it's like, you need to have just like that John Gruden, just like, nah, man, we're better than you. We're going to put the ball down your throat. Like this is working right now until you stop it. And then we'll find a counter for that. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's something that Nagy lacks um, and has shown to lack and, and his course is the play caller here. How do you feel about the defense? Let's just a general question, but after week three, how do you feel about the defense? I mean, it's not the standard that we're used to, but it's more than capable. You know what I mean? Um, I think we're going to be less of a um, leading in points and yardage type of uh, stat category defense but I think we're going to get up there in sacks and uh interceptions turnovers and stuff like that so I feel like kind of reminds me of the LA Rams defense 2018 when they were they weren't like great but they made enough impact impact plays to change games and I feel like we have that kind of defense right now um plus some you know what I mean like Danny Trevathan seemed to be uh finding his legs a little bit more last week I know the first two weeks he looked pretty rough but I feel like he looked a little bit better last week um Roquan Smith seems to be really coming into form. Kyle Pro, uh, Kyle Fuller, that's why I was about to call him Kyle All-Pro because I feel like he's playing at an <laughs> extremely high level. Everyone gives him slack because he plays off the ball like 13 yards, but realistically, um, he's playing really well. I think Jalen Johnson was an upgrade. Um, our secondary is definitely our, our strength. Buster Screen is – he's a dog, dude. I love Buster Screen. He comes up and makes a ton of filthy tackles in the box and stuff like that. So I feel pretty good about it. Um, they're not overwhelming this year by any means, though. I think it's something to note, too. A fun stat for you guys. Excluding Trubisky's 45-yard run and Foles' negative three yards, the Bears' running game averaged 4.2 yards a carry. So, I mean, even though it might not have looked like on the field that the running game was going, statistically, I I think it was. I think it was still a a strong game. And, I mean, I think that's what was was saving up, up until Foles came in. Well, one frustrating um, thing for me was was I, I just feel like they should just be feeding uh, Montgomery the ball more consistently. They keep kind of like putting him in for for one run, pulling him out, putting in uh, Cordell Patterson or Tariq Cohen, which Tariq Cohen actually was playing well before he he got injured. But I just feel like they they got to feed Montgomery more consistently. I mean, yeah, and you got to look at the stats a little bit deeper because you got to Tariq Cohen had a 17 yard run. Um, on a draw play on third and one. So that's, you know, that's going to take away from a 4.3 yard average. They had that end around to Miller that I actually thought was really nice. Instead of running a complete jet sweep, it was a quick from the slot end around that got him like 13 yards. And then David Montgomery at the end had like a 14 yard scamper. So I feel like if you take away those three plays, the average drops uh, significantly because they didn't run the ball a lot. So my question, like, it's interesting. Um, and I thought about it all day today. And I don't know how willing Nagy or 
laser is going to want to do be you know be with this idea like let's just say if they even talked about it do you think mitch comes in these guys are about to laugh at me because i'm about to ask do you think oh, mitch comes in some hill roll as a Taysom Hill role, as in design quarterback run, or even if it's not a run, the Philly special, let's just say he's the tight end, throwing it to Nick Foles, you know, whatever it might be. Like, do you, because he's a great runner. He's good on his feet. He's very athletic. But when it comes to thinking, he doesn't know, like, he just, he, he can't think too hard. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm, no, just because if you're thinking future, all right, here's the thing. I love the idea, but what happens if he comes in on a big significant play? Guy's got the jitters, floats it, boom, we lose the game because Mitchell because we decided to let Mitchell Trubisky throw. The media shitstorm would be just absurd. Um, and then same thing, like you're hoping at this point, I feel like he's gonna walk in free agency. Or it's possible they try to trade him down down the line, you know what I mean? Like if uh if they're a little bit later t- towards the the trade deadline and stuff like that and they feel confident with Foles' health, whatever. Um, but yeah, like you're working on a comp pick, so the last thing you want to do is get him injured. Um Nah, man, I, I don't see that. I get it. I get it for sure. I love the idea, but at the same time, I'm like, why? You know, would you rather would you rather throw the ball up to Jimmy Graham in the red zone or Mitchell Trubisky? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, 10 out of 10, Jimmy Graham. Yeah. And then whenever Colcomet decides to show up. <laughs> I do have one, one more Mitch point that I want to bring up. Um, and it just kind of came to me. Crucify me if you want to. But if Mitch ends up leaving – which I know we've had a bunch of talk about maybe a backup role over the next couple of years, but if Mitch ends up leaving next season, do the Bears draft a quarterback late round? Oh, I think they draft quarterback first round. Really? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking too. Yeah, even, man. Even yeah. Nagy wants a chance to draft, draft his guy, you know? Even if, even, even if even Foles just, even if Foles just tears it up and the Bears make a, a deep playoff run, if Foles tears it up, I mean, they still have him under contract and all that good stuff. So I right. feel like, I mean, shoot. Yeah. I feel like they'd be in the market for at a minimum, um, you know, a late round, a late round guy, but even still like, you know, Foles is not going to have the highest shelf life. So planning for the future, maybe even a Drew Locke type, like second round type pick or use a third rounder. Well, that's um, what I, I mean, you know? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. That's what I mean though. If you're, if you're looking at it like what Mitch Trubisky was supposed to be, you know, he was supposed to have maybe a year or two of just sitting back and watching the starter do his thing, which sadly was an $18 million man, Mike Glennon, but you know, Jesus Christ, pick your battles at that point. But if Foles is going to be legit in this system, I think the bears should strongly consider that because then you can actually develop a young quarterback and groom him into a long-term starter. Yeah, I mean, that's – Ryan Pace is, has said on multiple occasions he wants to draft a quarterback every single year. That's not what's happened by any means, but I would assume that um, they start drafting quarterbacks pretty regularly, especially with – because now, like, you know what I mean? It, Ryan Pace said that, but then he drafted a quarterback that was supposed to be here for the next decade to two possibly, and um, that's not the case anymore. So now I can see them taking shots, especially if they have a veteran – um, you know, I think Nick Foles, uh, his option is for a third year or two. So if he plays well, well enough for them to be a competitive playoff team that can make a run, there's no doubt that they'll draft someone late and try to groom them for sure. So right, since, well, hold on, hold on. What, yeah, what, I want to yeah. bring up one uh, thing because since we're on the topic, um, so if the Bears don't make it into the playoffs, is Ryan Pace getting fired? I hope not. I don't, I'm, I'm a big Ryan Pace guy. I get it. Yeah, he, 
everyone wants to say Leonard Floyd's a bust. He's not. He got $10 million this year. He's just not what we wanted him to be. Um, bust don't get $10 million. Barkevious Mingo, we just gave him a veteran minimum contract. He was the number four overall pick, um, I want to say, five years ago. So same thing with Jermaine, Jermaine Effetti, first rounder on a veteran minimum deal. Bust don't get $10 million. Um, so I like to crush that narrative as much as I can because at the end of the day, you follow the money. Um, Mitchell Trubisky obviously didn't work out. Um, Patrick Mahomes, hindsight. Deshaun Watson, hindsight for sure. It's not Kevin familiar, White. But, I mean, Kevin – Kevin White, in my opinion, I can't fault him for that because who who expects his a dude's shins to just explode like in training camp? <laughs> they made I, it glass, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know, but at the end of the day, you look at his second round. Anthony Miller is definitely an extreme talent. He hasn't been perfect, no chance. But James Daniels is a really unbelievable interior offensive lineman. Cody Whitehair as well. Eddie Goldman, all corner cornerstone pieces drafted in the second round. Cole Komet, I know you uh, are a little upset you're not seeing anything from him because it's week three. I mean, TJ Hawkinson, if you look at his stats last year, he did nothing. He was the number nine overall pick. It, at a minimum, it takes a um, a tight end at least a year to settle in, become like a prolific pass catcher. Oh, he's correct. Um, yeah, absolutely. And then you look at his late rounds, he's got a ton of value. You look at guys that even left. Jordan Howard was great for us. Adrian Amos, Eddie Jackson's an all-pro player. Tariq Cohen's an all-pro uh, returner, even though I don't agree with the extension entirely. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like Ryan Pace. So I don't think, I don't think he goes anywhere. I think there's a lot of talent on this team, to be honest. I, I love how he built the defense. I really like Ryan Pace too, but the most important position in, in the sport is the quarterback. And I felt like I, especially if, if, if Nick Foles doesn't work out this year, I feel like it'd be tough to kind of keep him. Yeah, I mean, I, I let him draft compl- another guy. Well, I think this. The, so I think I, I answering for Lucas. I think what, he, what Lucas would say here is Nagy gets a chance to pick his guy, not Ryan Pace, because Ryan Pace, sure, he's 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 a great like defensive like depth mind, but I think Nagy would actually get the chance to finally, you know, sit in on this one, pick his guy or guys, whatever it may be. So I don't know. Like, I, what do you think about that, Lucas? I'm more sold on Ryan Pace than I am Matt Nagy. Um, I get if you want to let uh, Matt Nagy pick his guy, whatever. But realistically, if you if you think of like Ryan Pace, his track record has been to like be aggressive in the drafts, which has bit him in the ass. It's also helped him as well. Or um, or um, you know he, he's aggressive like at attacking specific positions as well. But he's also known for for communicating with his assistants and stuff like that, and making sure that he builds the defense to their strengths, you know what I mean? And I think we saw that with Vic Fangio because that defense was at its peak in 2018. And he made, like, things happen. That defense was absurd. And we've also seen them kind of drop off with Chuck Pagano because Chuck Pagano, even though he runs a similar base system, is completely different, as we've seen. Um, You know, we see a lot more aggressiveness. We see less aggressiveness in the fourth quarter. It just seems like he wants to let us get prevented to death. Um, but yeah, I felt like Vic Fangio had a lot more timely blitzes and stuff like that. And he just let our base go to work. Um, so I feel like Matt Nagy, I got to see the offense just be middle of the pack, at least with Nick Foles. Cause if he's not, Nick Foles was his guy. We could have went for cam. It turned out we went for Tom Brady. Like we, there was a lot of things we could have done, but we went with Nick Foles. We traded for Nick Foles. I think that was a hundred percent. That wasn't Ryan Pace being like, Oh, Hey, let's get your guy, Nick. That was Matt Nagy being like, 
let's get a guy that can run my system. I need someone that can go right now. This COVID shit's going crazy. Like it was a hundred percent Matt influenced by Matt Nagy. You can't, you can't tell me that that was Ryan Pace's move. There's nothing, every offensive right. assistant that Matt Nagy brought in was linked to Nick Foles. So Nick Foles is this guy. We know Nick Foles isn't a world beater by any means, but I need to see them at least be 15th in offensive production while Nick Foles is in, in the system for me to be like, oh, you handpick a first-round quarterback. For sure, for sure. So going away from the Bears a little bit, staying in the division, how do you feel about the rest of the division? Obviously, we know the Packers are, you know, the Packers are a lot better than last year's Packers that, that were that, that I guess started off, you know, with a strong start. But how do you feel about the Vikings at 0-3 right now? Do you have a chance – do you think they have a chance of – redeeming themselves no vikings no um, <laughs> <Not even. laughs> no nah, man um we're seeing i was a huge person that was harping on wait to see what happens without stefan diggs because stefan diggs is, the, is a coverage dictator he can get separation on any cornerback in the league he can burn you deep he's he's unbelievable um so i said like as soon as stefan diggs goes it's going to crumble now justin jefferson could possibly turn it up and be someone but I feel like this year no chance now they have a ton of young players so in the future if those guys pan out no doubt they'll be a powerhouse um but right now they got way too many guys you know they're both their starting cornerbacks from last year are not there anymore they got rookies playing um and Jalen Johnson shout out to Jalen Johnson's player playing better than Jeff Jeff Gladney who was picked in the first round um but I don't think the Vikings have a shot to be a contender in the division or even for a wild card this year yeah, Justin Jefferson looks really good, but uh, uh, Kirk Cousins is a stat patter. He's he's awful. I don't know how he got that contract. So him alone, I think, just drags that team down. I, I'm a big the Kirk, Kirk Cousins hater. So. Yeah, the second one was absolutely astonishing. I couldn't believe it. The first one I kind of understood. Second one, I was just like baffled. I don't get it. I just want to bring something up really quick. I don't know if you guys are watching – the Monday night football game right now on, on your laptops or whatever you're, you're using to record this right now. If you had to take a guess of what the bigger number is right now, Lamar Jackson's running yards or his passing yards, what would you say? Uh, I saw the beginning, so he broke off a fat run, so I'd say, it's probably say his rushing yards. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's got 41 rushing yards. And 12.50 left on the 37 for 16 for 35 yards right now. I don't know yeah. what's – I think what you brought up before we started recording, he, he just doesn't feel like a big, big game guy. Not even – I just think Pat Mahomes is that big game guy. You know what I mean? And I feel like Pat Mahomes comes out knowing – like. I guarantee you the Chiefs emphasized we need to get ahead quick because this offense has not been tested. Like, and every time it has been, that's when they've crumbled. Like, they cannot come from behind. They are supposed to be the team that out-toughs you and runs the ball down your throat and puts together a 13-yard, 63 – or, I'm sorry, 13-play, 63-yard drive that lasts nine minutes and ends with a touchdown. You know what I mean? It just demoralizes you. But when that element's taken out, then Lamar Jackson's challenged a lot more. And, you know – got to give credit to, to Greg Roman because they developed an outstanding offense around him. Um, and, you know, he was a running back two years ago and then, then he went to an MVP. 20, 24 plays in the first half for Baltimore as opposed to 40, 
44. I'm trying to do the math right now on the fly. Kansas City's defense just looking good. They're just looking yeah. really good this game in a, in, a, in a Monday night football game. I think a lot of people thought it would just be an absolute shootout. And, you know, 33 minutes in, it, it's just, it just isn't. How do you feel um, about the? How do you feel about the NF- NFC East, dude? Like, it's it's just I Washington know football team's gonna win that division, bro. I I love I mean, they, they have the best defensive line in football. They like, lost I'm, Chase Young though for the year, I think. Did he just did he just tear his ACL for real? I I I saw him. Uh, uh, well, actually, I don't think he was carted off, but I think he had. I I know he was taken off the field. I don't know how long he's gonna be out though. I'm gonna check it right now. NBC Sports reported Chase Young's groin injury not to believe not believed to be serious. All right. Oh come on, my dude, you're killing me. Um, <laughs> he was no, he was scared. <laughs> no, yeah, I was really upset because I think the, legitimately the Washington Football realistically whoever wins that like someone in that division could get a wild card slot at like eight and eight with the extra with the extra um, spot this year. So I think it could be Washington Football Team. Uh, realistically, they just have to win that division because. Um, I mean, that's, that's what it is. It's usually the best eight and eight team in the league comes out of the NFC East, you know, um, whether it's the Cowboys, <laughs> Literally. Or the Bears, they always the, they're just outstandingly talented and no one knows why they're losing eight games a year, but you know, it's one of those things. Yeah. I mean, the Cowboys are super talented, but their, their defense is just, they're struggling really bad, especially early. Well, they, they lost Vander Esch too, so that's the, that's a huge hit. But I thought that was pretty unexpected. I thought they were going to be pretty good this year. Their offense is running on all cylinders. But I think uh, uh, Dak Prescott threw like three interceptions last game. Um, I mean, realistically, uh, well, he fumbled the ball, I want to say four times, and lost it three times in the first quarter of last game. Um, but, yeah, I, I – like, the Cowboys, to me, are just – it's weird how these stigmas happen, right? Like, the Bears can't find a quarterback. The Cowboys have had, like, all-pro talent at middle linebacker that, that – you know, an outside linebacker that always gets injured. So, it's just it's just strange how it works out. Um, but, yeah, I think the NFC East is poo. It's very pooey. Um, but getting back to the NFC North, I think the Lions are actually a lot better than um, than people want to give them credit for. I like – I picked them as a dark horse at the beginning of the year. I actually like their offense a lot. I think Stafford's probably the most underrated quarterback. Him and Matt Ryan are on that same level of like definite franchise quarterback, but just it seems like everything goes wrong, but they throw for like 5,000 yards. You know what I mean? It's just like they're those guys. Um, and, yeah, I think the Lions, like they just they just went into Arizona and beat them. That's, that's or they're, I think they're at Ford Field actually. But, yeah, that's, that's like a huge – like that's a huge win, man. You know what I mean? Um, and if – we never know. Like everyone always says, the Bears are frauds at three and zero because of the teams they beat. Like, what if the Lions end up winning nine games this year? We have no idea. You think they can win the division though, or just like uh, just the possibly... Lions? Absolutely not. No, I think they could just like try to get that that seventh wild card or that you know that seventh slot, the third wild card. Yeah, unfortunately, I think the the Packers are going to solidify that that they uh, Aaron Rodgers just looks so good. And Aaron That's Jones just, tore it up last game. He's, Aaron Rodgers is on a pissed off tour right now. That's so. the thing. Yeah, they pissed off Aaron Rodgers. That was the best move they could have made, even if Jordan Love is garbage. They, that's all they had to do. It was, I, in, in my opinion, at this point, that was like a genius uh, like m- manipulation move where they're just like, you know what, we're going to take a quarterback in the first round just to piss this guy off because he is just flinging the ball all over the place. That's but exactly what LaFleur wanted against, to do. <laughs> yeah, it was against the Lions, and it was against the um, – Against the Vikings, who are rough, and then who do they play 
this past week, the Saints. Saints, the Saints yeah. Um, Saints got slapped around by um, Oakland too, so we'll see how good they actually are. And then yeah. my my other question is: You think? Uh, I mean, realistically, if DK Metcalf didn't do that dumbass shit, you know, Russ gets six touchdowns, you know, and uh, Kevin's a big believer, and he's yeah. So I'm, I'm, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm league. actually. Yeah. Well, no, I'm, I was gonna ask. I'm a big believer in him going over fifty touchdowns. Do you think he's gonna has a chance at breaking Manning's record? Bro, right now he's on pace to throw like eighty. <laughs> so had Bro, he's been over 50 if, As long as he stays healthy They're letting him cook this year He's the best quarterback in football That's what I was going to say Best quarterback in football is not playing right now On this Monday night it, uh, He played at 3 o'clock on Sunday <laughs> afternoon I feel you I feel you. There's no doubt he's getting over 50 touchdowns I Dang, firmly that'll, be, believe it. that'll be a sight <laughs> Russell is so good That dude yeah. like He deserves an MVP finally I mean just give it to him I actually had a comment go crazy on Reddit once because it was about Russell Wilson. I'm like, it's Russell Wilson's like the the Leonardo DiCaprio football. Like he should have won a, uh, um, an Oscar years ago. You know what I mean? Like eventually yeah. he's going to be due. They're just going to have to give it to him because he's that good every year. But, and yeah, it, I worded it better on Reddit, but it, it went nuts. I just want to throw this out there because I guess Chris Berman today during his fastest three minutes on ESPN called Mitch Trubisky, Nick Trubisky. And he called Josh Allen Jared Allen. So I, I, I think that dude's done. <laughs> I think Chris Berman has to call it a career at this point. Yeah, he's about as cooked as Drew Brees, realistically. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with Drew Brees? I mean, seriously, like, I felt at no point, like, they could throw the ball down the field. They can definitely knife you up still. He can hit those, like, you know, 13, 17-yard routes, but – I think down, it's just no I think it's just him not having a Mr. Reliable, you know, Mike Thomas right now. You know, he, he throws it up and Mike Thomas literally just catches everything. And ten out of ten balls, any any jump ball he catches. So I think it's that. I don't think he trusts anyone else, man. You know? I mean, I, I thought he showed his age in 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 week one. And the the last couple of games is just Kamara like zigzagging. Uh, around everybody. Their two-minute two offense is him and Kamara. I mean, and I'm not complaining because I have Kamara on my fantasy team and he's been <laughs> for me, but it's literally like them two trying to paper cut their way down the field when they're down 10. It's like they're not throwing the ball down the field. And in my opinion, Michael Thomas covered up a lot of the issues because he'd take a seven-yard slant to the house. Um, yeah. Drew Brees is not throwing the ball down the field at all. Emmanuel Sanders is good too. So, I don't know. He, he really doesn't have – much of a reason Solid to ass number two. Yeah. Yeah. Solid ass number yeah. Two. So yeah, no, I, th- I think his age is starting to catch up to him, uh, which is funny. Let's bring up Tom Brady real quick. Cause, cause it's Tom Brady. What, what, what do you think about the, the bucks? I think it's a completely different story with Tom Brady. I feel like they're just not on the same page because he ch- changed teams. You know what I mean? I feel like he's still, he looks better now than when he came into the league. So um, I feel like physically he's, he can still make the throws. Drew Brees, oh, is like, Drew Brees is like if they need to throw a Hail Mary from their own 40, they're probably bringing in Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston. You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought I mean, of something. Sorry, Bart. No, go ahead. I, I just thought of something that – and I was watching the, the Bucks game yesterday. Do you think that the media got to Bruce Arian's head and that's why Gronk had so many more targets this week than the past two weeks combined? Uh, I probably think it was Tom Brady that was like, listen, shut up, dude. This is like, we're running my offense. When Peyton went to Denver and won a Super Bowl, they ran his offense. Like, shut up. We're, we're throwing the ball to Gronk. That's fair. 
I mean, and, they and have you like, do that. When you have rings like when you have rings like yeah. that, you can oh, go yeah. to your coach's office and be like, "Listen, you paid me to come change this offense. Like, you don't want to throw picks. Stop making me do stupid stuff." I'm Even though Bruce Bruce Arians was in there, kind of like saying it's still his team and still his offense, like. No, you just you just went out and got the greatest quarterback of all time. Like you let him do his thing. Just enjoy the ride, baby. Yeah, he doesn't have to do anything. He has the easiest job in the world. Another I mean, update. Sorry, just another update. Uh, Lamar Jackson just got over his rushing total uh, for his passing yards, but then he broke off a twenty-five yard run, so he still has more rushing yards and passing yards. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> I just need touchdowns. I need passing yards, dude. He's still 200 yards short of what I bet on. This oh is ridiculous. That's a tough look. All right, Lucas, plug your pod. Let us let us know what we should listen to. All right, oh, yeah, our you audience. If you liked it, um, yeah, check us out at Bears on Tap. Um, you just follow it at, at that handle. We're on every single platform you can imagine. Um, and I'm Lucas Perfetti. You can follow me at Lucas Perfetti 46. Appreciate your knowledge, bud. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, go Bears, man. Bear down. Let's go. <laughs> Bear down. 3-0, and looking for four. Let's get it. <laughs> See you, gentlemen. See ya. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. And closing it off for the evening, let's talk some UFC uh, 253. Have it on Fight Island. You guys watched it. You know, sadly, I was celebrating my mother's birthday, but it's okay. Sadly. Not sadly. But, I guess. You know, next fight we'll catch together. Um all right, boys, tell us about it. I am so happy. I didn't know who Costa was coming into this fight, and I knew immediately I hated him just watching him dancing around, being a little cock the entire time. He deserved to get every bit of his ass beat in that fight, and I'm so happy it did. I'm so happy it happened because you could tell he just walked in there thinking it was just going to be an easy fight just because of all the, all the talk that he had from at least what I read. It, it was deserved. I'm glad Adesanya won that. Yeah, I mean, he's been talking shit ever since Adesanya's last fight. Uh, he's been wanting to fight him. Like, uh, and all week, like the theatrics were just – um, he, he came to the weigh-ins with, uh, w- with a black belt around his waist. And then he had a white belt in his pocket and like threw it at Adesanya. Uh, he was an absolute joke. And not only did he absolutely, he, he may have thrown like four or five significant punches the entire time. And Adesanya absolutely dominated him. He was trying to, like, mock him during the fight, and then he got knocked out. So, yeah, I was really happy with that ending as well, too. Um, I thought it was going to go to the distance. When well, – once the fight started, like, Costa, like, he – usually when Costa fights, he's he's charging. He's trying to throw as many hits as possible. Um, and he wasn't, he was, he was honestly, he looked afraid the entire time. He barely threw a hit. He was afraid of the counter and Adesanya took him out easily. I'd say wasn't even, wasn't even much of a contest. So, and then, uh, we had Jan Blachowicz, uh, beat Dominic Reyes. Our countryman, this is the first, the first male, first male UFC fighter to win a UFC belt. This is insane. It was awesome. He was he was fantastic. Uh, he started off uh, with some leg kicks to the body, and you can he there was a giant 
red spot. Like he may have like even like broke the skin a little bit too. Um, of, of Dominic Reyes and Reyes, he he ended up dropping his gloves because he was trying to protect his body, and it exposed his head. Uh, Jan is so much power. Uh, he he connected a few times, one more hit, and sent Dominic Reyes backwards. So he called out John Jones. Uh, John Jones tweeted out to the fans if. Uh, they would be upset if he came back to the light heavyweight division. I mean, I don't know who else Jan is going to fight, honestly, that can actually match up against him. So I wouldn't mind it. I just want the best fight out there. I think that'd be a great fight. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no, it was a really good weekend. I think, I think John Jones comes back and takes the fight ultimately. Um, maybe just, uh, you know, it's it's it would be his, his tenth year in light heavyweight, so who knows what can happen, man? It's it's crazy it's crazy times right now. So it'll definitely I I don't even know who's in the rankings of light heavyweight right now that Jan can fight. Um, he just moves uh, his vision, son. Yeah, it's it's I mean, there's there's Glover Texier is ranked fourth right now. Santos is ranked second. I don't know. I just I don't see anybody here that can really. Uh, a challenge, Jan. That would I don't know that that would actually have a chance. So, because it, it it's really uh, Jan, uh, Jan and and Reyes are one and two for sure. So, but we'll we'll see what happens. I am excited for future fights. I think there's going to be some good good ones coming up in a couple of months. At least some of them that are going to be announced. And I think the start of 2021 are going to have some good UFC main cards and well, it's going to be fun. Next month, next month we have Khabib and Gaethje. So Oh, that's yes, right. October 24th. Ooh, that's going to be a good one too. As long as it happens, yeah. We'll, we'll get together and watch that for sure. I mean, yeah. my mom's not no birthdays. No birthdays. For my mom. <laughs> so All right, ladies and gents, thank you for turning tuning in to episode 39 of Inside the Minds. We hope you guys loved it. Uh, Subscribe, follow us on Twitter, ITM Pod. Follow us on Instagram at ITM Pod as well. Be sure to support the podcast in any ways that you can, whether it's giving us a five-star review on whichever streaming site that you're you're getting this from, or we also do accept monetary donations and it does help our podcast grow. So in any way that you possibly can, or even telling your friends about this podcast, because we love having new audiences. Thanks again, guys, for listening in to episode 39. Be sure to tune in to episode number 40, because we're going to get into some NHL free agency talks, and hopefully we'll have some big name signings by that time, and even talk about the NHL draft. Once again, congrats to the Tampa Bay Lightning on winning their second Stanley Cup in franchise history. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you all this weekend.